I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 77. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths, that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. There's a special place in my heart for all things Stephen Curtis Chapman, and so I am thrilled to use his song, Do Everything, which is not new. I think it was released in 2011, but it still plays regularly on the radio and it leads us straight to scripture. I love his music because many of his songs became the soundtrack of my school years. So let's just say I had some of his tapes, winky face. Okay. I found a great article about the story behind the song. I'm going to link to it in the show notes that you can find at michellenizat.com forward slash 77. That's also where you can subscribe to my email list so that you never miss an episode. But in this article, Stephen mentioned that he used 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 as the inspiration verse for this song. And it, and it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Actually, let's listen to the chorus of the song before we jump into scripture more. It all matters just as long as you do Now, while Stephen Curtis Chapman thought of 1 Corinthians 10.31, I was drawn to Colossians, and that's where we will stay for the podcast this week. I also stumbled across another story behind the song, like a YouTube video that he actually did, and he jumps all over Scripture. There's all kind of places in Scripture that reiterate this truth that we're supposed to do everything for God's glory. But So you can feel free to, to explore around in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I started there this week and was able to send some encouraging messages to friends and jot it in my own journal. So it's never a waste of time when you're exploring around in scripture. So um, you can follow the rabbit trails that he introduces in his little video. I put it in the additional resources area of the show notes this week. But again, I'm going to go ahead and focus in on Colossians uh chapters one and three primarily, but really there's only four chapters in Colossians. So we want, I want you to look at the whole thing this week. Now I had a pastor once who never gave specific examples. He, he kept things broad. He, he never really wanted anybody to think, oh, that's not my position. That's not for me. And I appreciate his thought process, but I love an example because even if I can't see myself specifically in that example, it kind of inspires me to 
think outside my box sometimes. Um, I get I get what my pastor was thinking. Uh, my old pastor was thinking if if he gives an example and it's not you, it's too easy for you to excuse yourself. But this song gives a lot of examples in the lyrics. And I'm thinking, surely you've got to be able to see yourself somewhere. But even if you don't fit perfectly into an example that he throws out in the lyrics, I think you can get the gist and you'll be inspired to evaluate your own circumstances. Now, the song starts off by talking about a mom of young children in the cycle of picking up and laundry and that dreadful feeling that none of it matters. And, you know, I remember being there. Yes, you're raising a gift from God, but the moments, they seem so mundane. Now, my kids are a little bit older, but I remember I remember thinking, when this stage is over, then I'll be able to dot, 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 you know, and then feeling guilty that I was wishing away the days and wishing away these moments that I heard people older and wiser than me say, oh, you'll never get that back. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Now, another example in the song is a business professional in a suit and tie or a blue collar worker with his name on his shirt perfecting corporate business deals or flipping burgers. No matter what we do, we are to do it for the glory of God. And we tend to rate things that we do in life on a scale where missionaries in the Congo are bringing more glory to God than if you're a student in math class. And I love how Stephen Curtis Chapman sings about that thought. Little stuff, big stuff, in between stuff, God sees it all the same. And while I may not know you, I bet I know you. Wonder sometimes, does it matter at all? Well, let me remind you, it all matters just as long as you do everything you do to the glory of God. It all matters if we do it for the glory of God. And I want to show you in Scripture, in context, why this is true. Now, remember, I jumped to Colossians in my mind. I thought of Colossians 3.23 immediately because it says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Now, if you read this verse in context, and when I say that, I mean reading the verses around that verse to understand what the author was talking about. Um, You might even read chapters around a verse to get the context, uh, just to see what the author was really intending as he wrote those words. You're going to see that this particular verse, Colossians 3.23, was written as a part of instructions to slaves. So if I jump up a little bit to verse 22, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Now I have a question. Do you, do you feel like you're in bondage to your commitments? Because not many of us, I think, are slaves as in uh, as in this biblical context time of slaves. But a lot of times I think we can be in bondage to our commitments, even if those commitments are ones that we made willingly, like a job, like we accepted a job, the commitment of a job, but we may feel in bondage to it. Or perhaps we chose to get married and yet in some degree we feel like we're in bondage in our relationship with our spouse or even as a parent. I'm just being really transparent. Sometimes um, you feel trapped by this role that's a day in and day out responsibility 
um, as wonderful it is as it is of being a parent. So again, perhaps you just feel trapped. I, I, I gave a couple of examples. Hopefully something popped to your mind. But there is clear instruction to us here in this scripture uh, on how to function in these roles, even if we feel like we're a slave to them. And that is this. Number one, we're, we're to please that earthly role. We're to serve them sincerely, not because they deserve it, but because we fear the Lord and we are trying to honor him. Again, working enthusiastically as if we're under him. And again, uh, the, the version I used as the memory verse resource this week, as well as what I read earlier, said work enthusiastically. The version that I just read in the New Living Translation says work willingly at whatever you do, whether it's mundane or magnificent. And you do that with an attitude and a perspective that you're working for God himself because the master you are serving is Christ. Now, I've been pondering this a lot lately. A friend of mine is the executive director of a fundraiser at our school, and she picked this verse as our theme verse for the year. So it's been on my mind quite a bit. And I don't know about you, but fundraising is not my wake up, jump out of bed, get me fired up thing to do. And this this actually drives my husband crazy because it's my job. Literally, I am the director over development at at our Christian school. So that makes me in charge of fundraising at our school. Literally my job. So in my defense, however, it's not the only thing that I'm in charge of. and, And I just happen to be more passionate about the other aspects of my job. But this fundraiser that we're getting ready to do is a big elephant. And it's really only intended to be eaten one bite at a time and preferably by many people so that no one person gets overwhelmed. There's so many small parts and some of them are pretty mundane, but the end result is amazing. And I know that because we've done, this is our third year of doing this particular fundraiser and God has just shown off the last two years. Now, the last thing or the thing that I know that I can do is kind of repackage these tasks that need to be done, try to spice them up, try to sell them to my my precious volunteers or even to myself. But what this scripture is asking of me is truly an attitude change. This scripture is asking me to change the lens through which I view this looming task. And the scripture says to take off the glasses that says, this is a fundraiser and I don't like fundraisers because if I look at it. Through that lens, I'm not going to bring glory to God. But if I can put on the glasses, I can do this, every part of this, as if I'm giving a gift to my Father, my Heavenly Father. The task doesn't change, okay? But my attitude about it does. And then, therefore, what I will get out of it will change too. This is one of those practical things in Scripture that I can just picture God in heaven saying, uh, I wonder when they're going to grab a hold of this and get it and begin to see the world around them like I do so that they can truly begin to enjoy every aspect of this life that I've given them. My pastor once said that we normally give praise to God for what takes our breath away when we need to be giving thanks for the breath we take. I love that. There will be more moments of the mundane in our lives than the magnificent. Oswald Chambers wrote, Beware of allowing yourself to think that the shallow aspects of life, or that's kind of what I've uh, termed the mundane, 
Beware of allowing yourself to think that the shallow aspects of life are not ordained by God. They are ordained by Him equally as much as the profound. To be shallow is not a sign of being sinful, nor is shallowness, and again, think of the word mundane, an indication that there is no depth to your life at all. The ocean has a shore. Even the shallow things of life, such as eating and drinking, walking and talking, are ordained by God. These are all things our Lord did. He did them as the Son of God, and He said, A disciple is not above his teacher. Oh, that's so good. And I've thought about this a, a, a quite a bit. Have you ever watched a movie of a book that you've read with disappointment? You know, you're just like, oh, they missed that detail. And oh, I loved that part. And they had to cut that out. I mean, you and I both know that there's no way in a two-hour movie that they can incorporate every detail written in a book. And sometimes I think scripture is giving us the movie version. Now, I know that it is complete and it is whole. It is what God has given us, and it is um, complete in that direction. But even John said at the end of his gospel, Jesus did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. So there are details of Jesus's life that were not recorded. And we only see glimpses in, we see just glimpses into his life before his public ministry. You know, we see his birth. We see a brief scene of him as a child. But there's a lot of eating and drinking and walking and talking of life that Jesus did that we don't get to see. And uh, was it because it was unimportant and only the miracles and ministry was important? I don't think so. I think it's just that we're left with that movie version until we can see him face to face and t- ask about the days leading up to that part of his earthly life. Oswald Chambers goes on to say, we are safeguarded by the shallow things of life. We have to live the surface common sense life in a common sense way. Then when God gives us the deeper things, They are obviously separated from the shallow concerns. And I love how he says this. We are so nauseatingly serious, so desperately interested in our own character and reputation. We refuse to behave like Christians in the shallow concerns of life. Now think about all of that. We are safeguarded by the shallow things of life. I agree with that. I love the magnificent moments of life and ministry, but we would stop recognizing them as magnificent if they were commonplace. This idea that um, we refuse to behave like Christians in the shallow concerns of life, it reminds me of the story of the talents. You know, how are we investing the moments we have been given? Will we even appreciate the magnificent if we can't see the value in the mundane? And then there's this idea that the mundane ultimately leads to the magnificent. As I write this, you know, we just finished uh, joining arm in arm with other families at our school um, in what we call Family Work Day. And it's a day when our families invade both of our campuses and we reset landscaping and clean classrooms and collate worksheets and just assist our teachers and all of the above and more. So each one of us doing this mundane task that leads to a beautiful, clean, and organized environment where families invest their money and time and ultimately their greatest treasure, their children, so that our teachers can share the gospel uh, and reading and writing and arithmetic too. 
So whole families have come to Christ because of the, of the truth of scripture that their children bring back home from our classrooms. That is magnificent. So you can see that those mundane tasks that we just did on work day lead to this glorious, magnificent uh, end result, eternal result. And you see the same thought in Colossians. Way back at the beginning of the letter, Paul says this, We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. So when you lay mulch at workday in 100 degree weather with the expectation that you are investing in a place where whole families come to Christ, that's magnificent. You can serve others as those serving Christ because we have a confident hope for what God has reserved for us in heaven. We have to focus on the long game, even as, even as we're cutting grass and doing dishes and replying to email and servicing our customers. And then don't forget how much you learn during the mundane moments of life. I don't know about you, but I don't learn patience through the magnificent moments of life. I'm learning patience through the day in, day out moments of life. That fruit of self-control and kindness, they're not bestowed upon me by God in this little bippity-boppity-boo routine. They're developed in me as I day in, day out submit to his authority in my life. Read what Colossians 1 verse 9 says. So we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. The way you live every day in the everything you do moments, when those honor and please the Lord, our lives will produce every kind of good fruit. One final thought. This truth and teaching extends to what we say also. Ah, That could be its own podcast topic. But in Colossians 3.17, it says, Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So not only are we to live each moment of our lives as an act of service to God, but we're actually his representatives in those moments as well. This is pretty deep stuff, guys. So here comes my what's next, because it's going to take a little investment on your part to really let all of this sink in. So I want you to spend some time in Colossians this week. It's just four chapters, and it has a whole lot to say. And I don't want you just to read it quickly. I've actually been slowing down a bit this week, just trying to take deep breaths, really trying to stay centered and focused in the moment, especially when I'm reading God's word. You know, I don't think it brings him glory to read it and not even remember what we've read five seconds later. So slow down, and I want you to use three Bible interaction tools this week. The first tool is repetition. And with a short book like Colossians, you can easily read it in one sitting, so that over the course of the week, you can read it several times. And this leads me to the next tool, to support the first. As part of your repetition, go ahead and put on an audio version of this of Colossians. As you're getting it ready in the morning, on your commute, During a mundane moment, like laundry or dishes or some other household task, be listening to the book of Colossians. 
And then finally, after you've listened and read all week and made yourself really familiar with the text, then pick it up again in a different translation. I read it in the message version this week and it brought out something completely different for me. And so here's just a small caveat. I don't study paraphrases like the message, okay? Uh, I'm But I do like it as a resource after I'm really familiar with the text uh, in a word-for-word translation like the English Standard Version or in a thought-for-thought version like the New Living Translation. So then after I'm really confident with the context and in those those types of translations, then I, I feel good about slipping into a paraphrased version like the message. And it just really allows me to engage with the text in new ways. So that's my challenge for you this week. And I would love to hear from you while you're in God's word this week. Even if you're not doing Colossians, just shoot me an email, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Let me know how you're doing. I'm also on Twitter and I have a public page on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat. You can like me there and um, we can continue this conversation. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Chris from Arizona, Nicole from Minnesota, Joel from Alaska, Jen from Alaska, Shagun from Australia, Rhonda from Alaska, Michelle from Kansas, and Linda from West Virginia. They are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I email you once a week, and in that email, you'll get the weekly memory verse resource, a free resource that a free resource that I developed to display on your smartphone, tablet, or desktop, or you can even print it out. And you'll also get an email recap of that week's episode. And if I create any um, extra resources that I do from time to time on my episodes, you will automatically get those uh, resources as well. All of this is just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes. It'll automatically come into your smartphone or, or whatever you use. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I'm taking a request from my daughter, Emily, and we'll use Brother by Need to Breathe to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 77. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comments to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.